This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and today we are talking about Remembrance Day and how that can be a, a significant thing to chat through about how we view God. We're going to uh, have one of our uh, friends talk about uh, a question that was asked about God connection and how do we help uh, those on the spectrum, uh, the autism spectrum, to connect with God in their way. And we're going to be uh, engaging with Victoria Beach about rituals and uh, and how that may be something that works for your family. So uh, let's get started with Remembrance. On November 11th, at 11 o'clock, 100 years ago, it was the close of World War I. And every year since 1919, we remember the sacrifice on Remembrance Day. And over the years, those we honor have grown, and how we choose to honor them has shifted and changed. You know, we're beginning to see the poppies very soon. And, uh, and on that day, at that time, we all stand in silence for a moment. Remembrance Day is significant for many reasons, but but can really serve us to help us explore a foundational understanding of God's heart for us. One of the things uh, that we do with Parenting for Faith is to help our kids see God well and and build a, a healthy and accurate view of who he is. And Remembrance Day is, is a really powerful day that we can begin to see a glimmer of of his heart and the heart of Jesus laying down his life for us. Often when we talk about um, Jesus' sacrifice uh, for us, we often go straight to the Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe because it's amazing and C.S. Lewis is a genius. And, uh, and we often use that story of Aslan the Lion sacrificing for us uh, as our, as our go-to analogy. Uh, but it's really powerful when we can use multiple analogies to help our kids um, understand grace and the sacrifice that Jesus um, gave for us. And an another movie that I found really helpful that I often use uh, in services for Remembrance Day that you may find useful is the movie The Crudes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying it right. Crude, C-R-O-O-D-S, The Crudes. It's about a, oh, I want to say Neolithic, but I can't remember what for, it's a caveman family and uh, they live in their cave and they keep safe in the cave and then their cave collapses in an earthquake and it looks like the world is ending. And so they have to go on a journey outside their cave to safety. And at the end, uh, um, spoiler, 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 just, you know, if you've never seen the crudes and are like, oh, I so want to see it. Uh, I'm now going to tell the end. So brace yourself. And uh, at the end, the family's in trouble. There's a massive earthquake. The ground has broken down and there's a huge chasm between them and safety. And the dad, who's a big caveman, strong man, uh, decides that he's going to throw 
his family members over the chasm to safety, but that obviously means he will not be able to go with them, and he will die in the chaos. And so uh, it's it's very emotional. And so one by one, he picks up his family and has a sort of goodbye moment where they know he's sacrificing himself, and he knows he's sacrificing himself, and he sort of they have this love connection, and then he throws them over to safety. And one by one, he throws his whole family over, and then his family stand on the other side of the chasm, and watch as the ground that he was standing on collapse in fire and smoke and and there's just a real moment of realization of the sacrifice that was just made for them and they stand in silence on the cliff looking out at the devastation and they just stand in silence and then they pick up their family horn that they always blow to find each other and they just blow it um in grief and cry and it's a, a really powerful moment that mirrors what we do on Remembrance Day. We stand in silence and then we blow a horn um, in remembrance and a, a sort of seeking connection with those that have deliberately sacrificed themselves for us. And I, I find it a really powerful analogy that also opens up a great conversation with our kids about the cost of sacrifice. There was a cost to men and women uh, who left their families. Um, some of them left not knowing the sacrifice they would they would be going to. Some of them did go knowing that they may sacrifice their lives. There was a cost to Jesus who deliberately chose to give his life for us. He He knew it and he chose it anyways. There was a, a cost that the soldiers played that we may live free and we remember it today. And there was a cost that Jesus paid for us that we might live free eternally. And that we, um, we remember either by doing communion, we remember by being together as a, as a community and talking about him and preaching about him and thanking him for our salvation. This Remembrance Day is a, is a beautiful moment to ponder the sacrifices in the heart of, of the God who came to find us and the God who, who sent Jesus to pay a cost that we may live free. And we can stand in silence um, in deep remembrance for the those who went to war to protect us, but also seeing the little glimmer of the sacrificial heart of God who also weighed the cost and paid it for us. So as you do Remembrance Day and the poppies and and honoring those who have gone before us, watch a movie, watch watch the Croods, watch Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, um, whisper about uh, the cost of Jesus, and and really explore the the heart of a God who came to find us, and cost. It's a it's a great and interesting opportunity uh, to talk about God and to really um, build in them an understanding of of a loving God who paid it all for us. Our question for the day uh, was sent in through our website, and we appreciate that. If you want to to get in contact and ask a question, we'd love to try to wrestle with it or find someone smarter than us who can answer it for you, which is what we're doing in this circumstance. Uh, the question came in, could you share some wisdom on the different faith experiences for kids on the spectrum? Do you have any strategies you have to explain God and faith for kids on the spectrum? There are resources out there 
for kids of all different personalities, shapes, and additional needs. Because God's heart is to meet with every child, and he created them, and he knows the thoughts in their head and the feelings of their heart. And so we deeply believe that every child, uh, no matter what their needs and personality, uh, can and do connect with God in powerful ways. And there are um, people who specifically look at how to encourage parents in this and and focus uh, on the spirit spirituality of those with additional needs. And I, I love that. So we are going to send this question out uh, to one of those people. Uh, this is Mark Arnold. He is a parent and uh, he's the additional needs ministry director for Urban Saints. And he's a blogger of a very popular blog called the Additional Needs Blog Father. Uh, definitely uh, link into that. He's the co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance. He is wise and smart. And we put this question to him. It's a really good question. And I think we could maybe look at three different areas that might help us to form an answer. We're going to perhaps in this next minute or so look at engaging with the Bible, uh, explaining things that you can't see like God and then understanding faith. Engaging with the Bible, uh, particularly for children with a range of different additional needs and disabilities, including autism, can be hard. Uh, so often we give them a standard Bible and expect them to be able to engage with that the same as anybody else. But uh, that can be difficult. And actually, uh, they respond much better when we key into the things that they really enjoy doing, that they really thrive doing uh, and have the tools and resources to enable them to do that. Um, some examples of that might include Lego. Uh, there are some great resources that can help with that. There are Lego Bibles, there are Brick Bible uh, videos, and I've seen some uh, great examples of children with autism, with ADHD and with other additional needs engaging with the Bible by creating uh, what it is that they're uh, looking at and, and understanding and being able to interpret the Bible uh, in a physical way. Minecraft can be another great example. There's a Minecraft Bible. There's the um, Pixel Heart Bible YouTube channel uh, where you can get Bible stories recreated using Minecraft. Uh, and I've seen uh, kids using Minecraft on a tablet, uh, on an iPad to create Jericho, for example, creating Jericho, uh, marching their figures around it and then knocking it all down again. So there are lots of creative ways. It could be jigsaws. It could be all sorts of things that physically engage children uh, with a range of different additional needs with the Bible stories. So understand what they love doing and draw that into what you're trying to share with them. And as explaining things you can't see, like God or the Holy Spirit, how do children who can be quite literal uh, connect with those concepts in a way that they can understand? Well, again, it's by linking them into things that they have already experienced and have some knowledge of. Uh, for example, the wind. We uh, can't see the wind, but we can feel the effect that it has. We can see the effect it has on other people. Uh, we can see the effect it has on the trees as the branches are swayed from side to side. And, and maybe a good way of helping uh, children to understand concepts like God and the Holy Spirit is to bring in some people that have got some great stories about how God has uh, really uh, impacted them and affected them and influence them uh, and uh, get them to share those stories with the young people uh, but remind the young people that there are things that we understand and experience all the time uh, that we can't see 
but we know they're there because we see the effect uh, that they have on us and on other people. And God's a bit like that. We can see the effect he has on other people and maybe on us too. Uh, and through that, we can learn to understand him a bit better. And then there's understanding faith. How can we understand what having a faith, a belief can be like? Again, if things can be quite literal for us. Well, uh, there are things that we already have faith in and believe. Uh, we believe that our parents or carers love us and care for us and are wanting the very best for us. And we know that because we experience that in the way uh, that they interact with us and the way in which they show that love and, uh, and that care for us. And God does that too. And we can feel that love and that warmth uh, when we are thinking of him, when we are worshipping him, when we're reading about him in our Bibles and looking at ways to creatively bring that alive. Um, young people with uh, autism or other additional needs might really like technology. And the thing about technology, for, for most of us anyway, is that it can be really consistent and reliable. It works the same way every time. Uh, and again, getting the young people to think about that and then translate those feelings into understandings about how God can be consistent and reliable uh, and always there for us uh, in the same way as the technology that we trust and rely on can be too. We, we have faith in those things uh, and we can translate those feelings of faith and belief in objects and in people uh, into our understanding of faith in God and all that he can do for us. So uh, hopefully that's been helpful in giving you just a few ideas, ways in which we can help uh, share faith and the Bible and all that God uh, has for us uh, with children with a range of different additional needs and disabilities. So in our wild card section today, I wanted to talk about ritual because there are many people who find that they meet God best through both personal rituals and rituals that they do together. Faith is different for everyone and how you connect to God will be different depending on your personality, your background, your church context. And, and it is really important that we allow ourselves to go on the journey and find what works best for us because we're all seeking God and we want our kids to find God in the way that works best for them. And ritual may be a part of that for you. And so uh, I wanted to interview Victoria because both her personality and her family really connect with God through rituals. And I thought I'd interview her so that you could have something in front of you to say, maybe that's me, or to say, that's not me at all. So uh, we were on a trip to Romania because uh, we got to go on a ministry trip to Romania and it was amazing. And we were in the uh, airport and I we started talking and I thought, no, I really must record this. And so here's an excerpt of what we talked about together. Well, what is rituals to you in the first place? And how does it differ from something that just becomes like something to do at home that becomes religious and heavy? And, you know, how do you talk to me? That's a really good question. So for me, a ritual is a repeated way of us connecting with God. So sometimes those rituals are basically nicked 
from old things that people used to do. So like lighting a candle um, and so it's something that maybe that we do at church and we do like a version of it at home. Our Shabbat thing is a, is a Jewish tradition that we do and we do it every Friday. Um, and by repeating it, the same thing, doing the connection in the same way repeatedly, we find that we go deeper with God and that we find new meaning and deeper meanings and it connects with different parts of our lives in different ways because we continue to repeat it so for instance i've done shabbat on a plane um which is quite fun and we haven't lit a candle i have to confess because i thought they might chuck us off if we did that but we did bread and wine and hand washing because you can get hold of bread and wine and water on a plane um so yeah so doing it in lots of different places brings us fresh ways of connecting however for me, I think the way that we don't let it get dead and stale is just by not having to do it. So we do it pretty much every Friday, but if it really doesn't work, we just don't do it. And we don't feel any guilt about not doing it because we're not doing it because we've been told to do it. We're doing it to connect with God. How did you decide that you needed a ritual in your family rather than just let's have Friday dinner or let's just pray before a meal? What what? What in your head switched it into wanting a habitual ritual rather than just a family tradition? I think both my husband and I have always been, have always liked physical things as symbols of what's going on spiritually. So I have bangles that my husband gave me when my children were born with Psalm 127 on them, which is about children being a blessing from the Lord as a symbol of their birth. And, and, I, and as I put it on, I use them as a reminder to pray for my children and thank God for my children each morning. Um, and he's a real gift person, so his love language is gifts. So he, I'm coming back now from um, Romania and Hungary with uh, specific things that are like a tangible sign of my love for him. And he, he and I connect with those things. Um, so yes, I think we are, we like having a symbols things. And you know, we've, I, I love it when I go to a church that uses symbols. I love, I went to a friend's Catholic baptism recently and I loved that the whole hour service was all about the different symbols that they use, the water and the light and the oil and those sorts of things. It just really helps me to connect. And it's, it's, it's funny because they're not just visual and they're not just auditory and they're not just kinesthetic. They're a bit of everything. Um, yeah, and so that really works for us. I love that you picked the ritual because of how you and your husband function, not because of what your kids needed, that it was an expression of you as a family. Well, we didn't have kids at the time. Yeah, yeah, so, it's, yes, it's really yeah, cool. It was just for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So there you go. Ritual may be one way that one of your family members or you as a family unit want to try to meet with God together. Whatever you choose to do, you know your family and God is faithful to lead you in it. So. Enjoy trying something new or enjoy going, nope, that's not me. It's totally up to you. And finally, our question for the day is this. Ask your kid, is there anybody that you would sacrifice your life for? Or you could ask, how would our lives be different if those soldiers didn't sacrifice? Or how would our lives be different if Jesus didn't come and sacrifice his life. Have some really interesting conversations, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week, and why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.